Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Independent Thought listeners, thank you for joining us on another great episode of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. Today's episode, we'll be talking about the Nevada Caucus. We will be joined once again by friend of the show, Christopher Tracy. We'll be breaking down all the different elements of the caucus going into it, who we think is going to win, so on and so forth. Now we'll be right back after a quick break. Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Independent Thought. I am your host, Desmond Price, and we are here once again with our friend, Christopher Tracy. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing good, D. How about yourself? Good, good. We are here today to talk about the upcoming Nevada caucus. It is the third contest in the primary cycle this time around. We have already gone through Iowa and New Hampshire. Now, Chris, were you able to uh, follow along with what was going on in Iowa and New Hampshire? Did you see all the, the debacle that happened in Iowa? No, I mean... I've been hearing some things in and out, and the last thing I paid attention to with the Democrats was uh, this big back and forth between uh, Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren. And then I think recently there was the one between Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg. No idea how Joe Biden is still in the race. Let me tell you, let me just catch you up really quickly here. So in the Iowa caucus, they changed their, their scoring system, essentially, so that the popular vote didn't actually determine the winner of the caucus. Rather, they had this like weighted delegate system so that like certain uh, counties actually had a stronger weight total than other counties. And so they basically had it set up so that like the rural districts had more of a weight than the urban districts. And this was done just for this election cycle. And so basically what ended up happening was after spending three and a half years of talking about how the popular vote should replace the electoral college because the electoral college favors rural votes over urban votes, the Iowa Democratic Party creates a system that favors rural votes over, pop, over urban votes and did not use a popular vote system themselves. And I was blown away by the irony. Yeah. Me too, now that you put it like that. (laughs) But the real controversy came from the fact that on the night of the Iowa caucus, they actually were not able to get a winner. And even to this day, they still have not declared a winner of the Iowa caucus because there were so many inconsistencies in the reports of the voting. Because this year, they decided to use an app that was developed by a company called Shadow, which doesn't have the best optics for an app that's going to you know, be counting votes for an election. Um, but they used this app called Shadow, and it crashed. And so there was a bunch of inconsistencies in the counting of the votes. 
And so while they couldn't figure out who the winner was, Pete Buttigieg decided to basically just declare himself the winner and the media ran with it. And his like poll numbers in New Hampshire rose from like nine or 10 points up to 20 or 21 points going into the New Hampshire primary. And after they were able to count most of the votes, they decided that basically Pete Buttigieg did win by like one-tenth of one percent over Bernie Sanders. So he won 26.2% to 26.1%. Ah. Yes. Which led into New Hampshire, where Bernie Sanders did win New Hampshire, but it was followed by a close second in Pete Buttigieg, who got his nice spike from the media coverage from saying that he won Iowa. And now, however, what also happened is that Amy Klobuchar actually placed third in New Hampshire after having a really great debate the day before, a couple days before the New Hampshire primary. So what we had right now in New Hampshire was a first place finish by Bernie, second place finish by Buttigieg, third place by Klobuchar, and then there was a huge drop-off between third and fourth, which was Elizabeth Warren, and fifth, Joe Biden. Joe Biden came in fifth in New Hampshire and fourth in Iowa. So, as you said before, why is Biden in this race? I mean, I feel like that's the question that nobody wants to ask. Biden actually left New Hampshire while the polls were still open and went straight to South Carolina to rally his voters in South Carolina. Now I got to tell you, I I did a segment about this in my New Hampshire episode that's already come out. I felt like that was pretty classless on Biden's part to while the votes were still being count in New Hampshire to not even acknowledge his supporters that he had in New Hampshire, like most candidates do the night of an election but rather flew straight to South Carolina, which is a primary that's not going to happen for another two weeks, entirely forgetting Nevada. But he goes straight to South Carolina to talk, and he gets in front of his his constituents down in South Carolina, and he says to them, I think I still have a great chance of winning because my support is mostly black support, and 99.9% of black people have not cast a single vote in this primary election yet. And I thought that was pretty strange of him to just assume that he was just going to have the support from the black community after losing these first two contests so badly. Yeah, no. And it's, it's just crazy that nobody's like asking him to leave yet. And it just kind of makes me assume that this whole thing is rigged because when he, we watched the debates, you and I consistently agreed across the board that he got ate up and spit out every single time he was up on that stage. Like, most of the time he opened up his mouth, nothing good came out, and everybody on stage got him for it. And I just don't know how he's been able to even make it to this now caucus and primary stage and like have his name on the ballot as a serious contender. And like I'm saying, him leaving early before all the results are in and going to South Carolina to start the next stage of his campaign, it's very telling and it makes me deeply suspicious that this thing is rigged. I don't know if I would say it's rigged, but I would say that he honestly i think he's grasping at straws here i feel like he believes 
because he was looking at polling from last year where he, in South Carolina, he was winning by like 20, 25 points in the polls in South Carolina for the whole year of 2019. And so he probably thinks that he can make his last stand in South Carolina, thinking that if he wins there, that maybe that'll, you know, propel him back into the top three for the rest of the states going forward. Because to be fair, after South Carolina, there is still 53 contests. So, I mean, South Carolina is only the fourth contest, just, just to put things into perspective. So it's not entirely fair to say that it's over for him. However... However, I will say that I feel as though now that the voting has begun, people are paying attention more to these candidates than they were like last summer and in the fall and all that. And it really isn't that hard to tell that Joe Biden really isn't the person that we should be voting for for president. He's just not all there. He really isn't. He's clearly the worst candidate and everything I've seen about him indicates that. And I know it does to most people. I don't know a single serious Biden supporter, and I know you don't either. I really don't. But I understand that not everyone likes Bernie. And so there is a desire to have a, a moderate like to vote for. And so right now, I think the problem that the people who want a moderate are having is that they have four different, essentially, people that they have to choose from. So you have your Pete Buttigieg, your Amy Klobuchar, your Joe Biden and your Michael Bloomberg. And so these moderate supporters can't figure out who to pick from. So they're dividing their votes up between four people. And meanwhile, while that's happening, Bernie keeps winning contests. And I feel like that might continue to happen as he's leading currently in the polls in Nevada. Definitely. So I, I just personally feel like one of those four needs to drop out. And with the way Biden's showing right now, it probably should be just him because his only real argument for electing him was that he was the most electable. And I don't know how that's an argument. Like, vote for me because I can beat Trump. But you say you can beat Trump, but you can't even win an Iowa caucus or a, or a New Hampshire primary. How do we know you can beat Trump if you can't even beat your Democratic opponents? Like, and yeah, like... And so much of Trump's election was about rejecting Obama and O'Biden was his vice. So, I mean, how is that going to look to a lot of conservatives? They're going to see this as a possible repeat of the Obama years that they detested. It's, it's dumb. It's now, dumb you, for the Democratic Party to think that they wouldn't see that. Right. Now, have you talked to a lot of conservatives about why they don't like Obama or why they didn't like Obama? Oh, uh, not enough. But, I mean, I get a general gist. I mean, what I read offline. I mean, I think like, oh, he, uh, you know didn't support the he, like he wasn't patriotic he hated law enforcement and all bunch of you know just very very baseless claims he wasn't really a citizen he was put in as a plant to sabotage the country and it's just a bunch of crazy crap and i really try and avoid it because i know it's just going to lead you know that kind of stuff and like that misinformation just makes me mad it probably shouldn't but it does it just sounds like a bunch of propaganda you would hear on rush limbaugh's radio you, you know show. it sounds like what we do, you know, when we don't like something or we're convinced of, you know, a certain way, we'll tell, it, we'll tell ourselves anything to justify why we feel a certain way instead of, you know, having to be rational and think it out and, may, and maybe, maybe face the possibility of like, hey, maybe not everything I think and feel is correct. Right, right. Now, as of right now, with the results from Iowa and New Hampshire being in, it would seem that our current top three are... Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Bernie Sanders. 
do you see do you see Klobuchar or Buttigieg as being like one candidate better than the other? Or do you like not really see too much of a difference between them? No, they're both centrists. They're both more of the same. They'll be just like Trump. Do you think either of those candidates has a chance to beat Donald Trump? Not a chance in hell. I honestly felt like Buttigieg could probably handle a debate with him, but I just worry that there's just too many people in this country who just would not vote for a person who is a gay man in our country, which is still very, very Christian. Uh, Am I wrong to think that way? Or do you think that there's less bigoted people in the country than I'm assuming that there is? No, no, no. You're definitely, you're definitely right on that. I think that's definitely going to be something that works against him. The fact that he's gay. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but I, I just can't get over the fact that I think that it is. I really oh, no, do no. think that'd be an obstacle for him. It absolutely will be. And yeah, I just, I can't get over. I saw a video at the Iowa caucus of a lady learning that Pete Buttigieg was gay while she was voting in the caucus. And then she asked the person who took her vote if she could have her vote back. Ain't that something that I was, I'm not a Buttigieg fan. I mean, I don't dislike the guy, but I'm not like I'm. I'm, in, I'm indifferent. I'm Pete Buttigieg, but I, I honestly felt bad for him in that moment because I understand that our country hasn't changed dramatically, but still, it's it's still unfortunate to see. Um, so definitely felt for him in that moment. Well, I mean, Obergfell v. Hodges was only in 2015. That is true, and you know, and for most of our life, and just for the in public life, we're always treated with hostility. Just I'm for the never going to forget at home. That. Just for the people at home, will you tell them what exactly that court case was about? Oh, yeah, that's the, the court case that basically, you know, invalidated laws against gay marriage. In fact, legalize it. The Supreme Court basically told all 50 states that they don't have a right to prevent it. Exactly. All right. So with that being said, now Nevada is a state that when you look at the Democratic side for people who vote in the Democratic part of the Nevada caucus, the constituency is about 60% white, 20% Hispanic, and about 15% black. Now, people are making arguments right now about like, who's going to do well in Nevada, because you know, who are people of color going to vote for so on and so forth. And that's been a big talking point, because Iowa and New Hampshire are both over 90% white. Um, as of right now, people are poking holes at Pete Buttigieg saying that nationally he's only polling with 4% among black voters. Amy Klobuchar is at 0%. And Bernie Sanders apparently is in double digits along with Joe Biden and Tom Steyer, a name that we haven't really talked about that much on this program up until now, because I just haven't taken him seriously quite yet, but that's yet to be determined. I mean, he is a billionaire like the others. So, but do you think that, you know, like candidates like Klobuchar and Buttigieg can overcome those low poll numbers among like people of color? Or do you think that they're kind of doomed to succeed in Nevada? Um, you know, that's a really, really good question, D. And I think they could, but I don't think that they will. It's looking like, it's going to be another contest between Bernie and Biden 
for this Nevada caucus. I'm just wondering if Biden's just slip ups in those first two states are going to hurt him. And honestly, I'm also wondering if Bernie wins a third state in a row with winning the popular vote in Iowa and then winning New Hampshire. And then if he wins Nevada, I, I just have a hard time believing that South Carolina would still vote for Biden after that. I think this might be do or die for Biden here in Nevada. I think he might need to at least get second place, if not win this thing, to have a chance anymore. You know what? I got to believe it's going to come down to Bernie Sanders versus Elizabeth Warren for the Democratic nomination. But I also I can't rule out Biden until he drops out. It could damn well be Bernie versus Biden for the Democratic nomination, which would be so unfair to Elizabeth Warren and even Pete Buttigieg, but we all know the DNC is corrupt. They are, but I feel as though with so many eyes being on these elections, it's harder for them to be corrupt. When, the, when this was all taking place in Iowa a couple of weeks ago, I mean, you had people on Twitter actually posting pictures of the results, which was making it harder for the Iowa Democratic Party to dispute what they were putting out. I just feel like there's just too many eyeballs in this era of the internet for too much, I guess you would call rigging to really happen. You know, there's too many cell phones, too much access to information. You just can't really hide things the way you used to, which is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. It's good for our election security. No, that's true, D, and I I partially agree with you. But I mean, a lot of this stuff was available in 2016, and the DNC openly gave the Bernie wing of the party the finger. They did, and they received quite the backlash for it, which is why I think they're being a little more uh, a little more cautious this time, and hopefully they'll just keep their finger off of this. But that'll be will remain to see. And you know, and it and it got worse once you know they put Hillary up there, and she lost big time. It got worse. The backlash grew. The intensity and the hatred grew. Well, I will end this segment on this. I think nothing is more important than. Just understanding one thing in particular, if Hillary Clinton had won Michigan, she probably goes on to win the nomination. And in Michigan, there were over 80,000 ballots where they openly voted for all Democrats all the way down the ballot and then just refused to check Hillary Clinton's name at the top of the ticket. So they just didn't vote for a president at all in Michigan. 80,000 ballots were like that. (laughs) No, I mean, she's one of the most hated people in politics, and rightfully so. Right. So I I feel as though if we don't want another occurrence of that, the Democratic National Party, National Committee, rather, needs to just stay out of this election and just let the chips fall where they may, no matter who it is. And with that being said, I'll be right back to give you my final thoughts on this upcoming primary. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana, that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. 
You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from break. Let's uh, wrap up this episode by talking about what all this means. So the Nevada caucuses will be held on the 22nd of February. That is this upcoming Saturday. And my final thoughts on this is I feel like a lot of people's campaigns are hinging on this weekend. On one hand, Biden wants to pretend like he has some kind of firewall built up in South Carolina. However, if he finishes below third again in Nevada, I really feel as though his South Carolina support will leave him. So I feel like there's a lot on the line for him this weekend. Now, there isn't as much on the line for people like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar as they're not expected to do well in states like Nevada because they do have higher percentages of people of color. However, I feel as though this is a great opportunity for both of them to prove that they can do well in a state that has higher people of color in it. But to be absolutely fair, I feel like this is a must-do-well for Elizabeth Warren as well. Because she does not have a firewall like Joe Biden does in South Carolina. In fact, she has no state left in which she's favored to be the winner in. So this is do or die for Elizabeth Warren. If Elizabeth Warren is not in the top three again, this caucus, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that her presidential run is over. If she gets in fourth or fifth or anything of that sort, then I think it's done for her. And that's a shame because I feel like she was a politician who had a lot of potential in this primary. But if you come in, you know, another low place finish like that, it's going to be hard to really cut into these other states where the other candidates already have such an advantage over her. This really is make or break time for Elizabeth Warren. But the real question is I have for every one of you is, are you ready to cast your vote? Do you know who you're voting for? If not, I encourage all of you to watch the debate this week on MSNBC, I believe it's going to be on, and just hear these candidates out. Because when I looked at the exit polls for New Hampshire, 
It seemed as though a lot of people just made up their mind within the last week. And that is crazy to me. But it also shows that a lot of people have a lot of other things going on in their lives. They don't have enough time to spend to figure out the positions on all these politicians. And if that is you, if you're one of those people out there who still hasn't made up your mind, the time is now to really get a good feel for who these people are. And I would say to those of you who might be in Nevada listening to this right now, early voting has begun. You can vote now. And you don't have to wait until Saturday's caucus day. So for everyone out there, do yourself a favor and spend some time getting to know these candidates because voting in our elections is one of the most important things that we can do. It is the reason why we are all here listening to this podcast right now is because we care about what's going on in our society. I hope you do. I know that I do. And I put these thoughts out there for all of you because I know that like many of you I just wanted to share my thoughts about what's going on in the world and I hope that some of the things you're hearing on this podcast help you make decisions about what it is that you want to do and who you want to vote for with that being said hope you have all good a week everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.